0: Record, it is 818 a.m. Sunday morning, October 8th, 2023. I need to put that in perspective. I went to bed at 3 something a.m. after USC Eeks went out in overtime. I'm on less than five hours of sleep. Closer to four, yet I'm sitting here, and I could do this for seven hours. Welcome to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London. My partner in crime, Brandon O'Doy, it is a Sunday. It is the Lord's Day. He is a uh, ordained minister and uh, with his congregation this morning, which is probably the best thing he could do possibly be doing right now because, uh, one, he's surrounded by his people, and two, uh, the University of Miami and the Miami Hurricanes could use all the prayers in the world because what happened last night at Hard Rock Stadium uh, just defied every law of football I could possibly reel off. Slept horribly. In a horrible mood what happened last night was probably the most inexcusable thing that I've ever seen happen during a college football game in my 40 years of watching the sport and in my 25 years of covering it. Just, I, I I, don't get it. Let's let's get into this as Miami loses to Georgia Tech 23 or 20. So, Listen, a lot of things happened in that game last night that were that were not good, right? Tyler Van Dyke looked like he was possessed by someone else and threw three interceptions really bad. Uh, Miami found themselves just unable to put up the kind of offense that we thought they would against a just not-so-great Georgia Tech team. Now, the defense played the lights out, and they found themselves somehow with a lead and looking like they were going to win the game. And then a million things happened. One of them was one of the worst officiating calls I've ever seen, where literally, as you look at the replay, there's an official staring at Don Cheney whose elbow and shoulder are clearly down before the ball is ripped out. Yet it was ruled a fumble even after review. Will I insinuate that because the official, the referee, the head official last night is from Atlanta, Georgia, that certain calls were made? Stupid call against Maui Noah, just other ridiculous calls? Will I insinuate that? Why the hell not? But does it matter? No. Does it even matter that Don Chaney fumbled the football? No. Feel, Feel horrible for him. The only thing that matters, the thing, the one thing that lost the University of Miami that football game, despite everything else that happened in that game, was Mario Cristobal not... Telling the team to just kneel on the ball. It was 3rd and 10. They snapped the ball with 33 seconds left. 33 seconds left. They snapped the ball with 33 seconds left. Had they taken a knee... Listen, uh, let me do some math. 40 seconds on the play clock, and there was less than 40 seconds left in the game. By doing some easy math, um, yeah, the clock would have run out. That's what what would have happened. The game would have been over. But for some inexcusable, dumb-as-bleep reason, this coaching staff couldn't put that together. Well, let me backtrack for a second. That's, that's one possibility, that literally the University of Miami has the dumbest coaching staff and 48 analysts and 72 PAs and um, or GAs and uh, a bunch of dudes running around in khakis, uh, that all of those people that are involved in the football program are the dumbest on the face of the earth. Or, and this can never be admitted, right? Mario was asked about it last night. When he had no answers for why they didn't just kneel in the football. He talked about recalibrating and taking a timeout. I don't even know what any of that meant. I was in the first row watching the words come out of his mouth. Not understanding what the hell he was talking about. Because I don't know what recalibrating means in the course of a football game. When all you had to do was take a knee. Recalibration my ass. Okay. But that being said either literally the dumbest coaching decision in the history of college football, and I'm saying that 100% serious, or Don Chaney had 99 yards. Don Chaney has worked his way back from multiple injuries. He's been out for two years. Kid has come back. It's a great story. And maybe they were trying to get him over the century mark. So Mario says, listen, I know we should kneel, but uh, Shannon Dawson, can you just call a run play? And Mario said after the postgame press conference, after uh, at the press conference, he said, I told him to hold on to it with two hands. I wanted, again, I if I could have put my head through the podium he was speaking from, I would have. It's a nice story, get Don Chaney over 100 yards. Because what happened is, he ran for four yards on the play, right? So he got to 103, but then he fumbled. So the four yards counted, but Miami lost the game because of that decision not to kneel. And I would say this. Sure, you want to get the, right? Like, you want to get him the 100 yards. I get it. Edron James in a game against UCLA, had 298 rushing yards. I really wanted him to get to 300. But you know what was more important? Miami beating Cade McNown and UCLA on that day. That was more important than Edge getting 300 rushing yards. As was Miami going to 5-0 and beating Georgia Tech, more important than Don Chaney having a 100-yard game. It just makes no sense. Now listen, if you're up by 20, and a calamity happens, and the other team scores, and it doesn't have any impact on the victory, sure, let him run the ball and get 103 yards. But not last night! We're one of the dumbest decisions ever in the history of sports. Cost you a football game. You literally had won. It was one of those moments where on the ESPN uh, winning trend, Miami was at 99.9%. And that 0.1% just happened. It fell into your lap. Why? Because you did one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It's inexcusable. And you saw Matt Lee, Miami's, Center on the bench in tears, but you also see him mouth, "What the bleep are we doing?" Because he knows, dude's a veteran. He knows. He knows they should have just taken a knee. It's called the victory formation for one reason: it secures a victory. It's so. Effing ridiculous. And am I excusing Tyler Van Dyke's play? No. Am I excusing every bad thing that happened in that game? No. But you know what? Good teams overcome bad playing. That's what Miami was about to do until their head coach stuck his foot right in the middle of it. Now, listen. All of the people from Oregon tweeting at me and everybody else when Miami hired Mario Cristobal, hey, good riddance. Now you guys have to deal with him. And I was like, well, you people are bitter and you don't understand. He's one of our own and he's coming home and he's going to be a program builder and we're going to get this done. But now I understand. I mean... (laughs) he's got so much Butch Davis in him. Which, listen, similar coach, right? Like, could get all the players in the world, but couldn't game day a coach, uh, couldn't game day a lick out of him. Butch Davis was a horrible game day coach. I remember sitting watching those Miami teams, oh, yeah, coming out of a TV timeout, we're going to have 12 men on the field or have to take a... Uh, A timeout uh, out of a timeout because we don't have the play right. Like, Butch Davis couldn't control anything on a game day. And there's a lot of that in, in Mario. Now, for the rest of the game, right, that's why you have great coordinators and a great coaching staff, what have you. But when it comes to end of the game situations, clock management, do I call a timeout, all of those major things, that is solely the head coach's responsibility. If your offensive coordinator calls in a play that you disagree with or you know shouldn't be called, your job as head coach is to step in and to call a timeout and to right that wrong. That is your one job on game day. And he couldn't get it done. And he couldn't do it. And it's aggravating. And what's more aggravating is this. You know, Mario considers himself a little bit of a uh, Nick Saban slash Bill Belichick. You know, like, clamp down on the media. Guys, no one-on-one interviews. Assistant coaches can't... Uh, have one on one interviews, uh, the 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 all of the stuff that goes into the machine of college football that that doesn't happen with Mario. Mario runs things like a dictator. It's our it's our culture. It's everything is kept inside. We don't talk about injuries. We don't talk about this. I can't tell you what I told the team after the game in the locker room because we keep it inside. And I'm gonna run this thing like these guys are Navy SEALs, and everything is top secret. This is like a CIA operation and we can't discuss anything and no one can talk to anybody and no one gives any good answers because that's the way it has to be. And that's wonderful. And did that help anything last night when you made one of the dumbest coaching decisions ever? I've never understood the whole, well, we can't, uh, we can't do interviews, we can't do any of this stuff because that could uh, impact winning or losing. Does it? I mean, if you want to have those rules, fine, be Nick Saban and go win a billion college championships or be be Bill Belichick, go win a billion Super Bowls. If you want to be Mr. Top Secret CIA dictator. But clearly you're not. Clearly you're not. And what, and I know the fans. You guys don't care about media access or any of that stuff and whatever. But for the record, back in a in a day long, long, long time ago, before some of you were maybe even born, who knows? The University of Miami ran their program like it was an a a, a pro franchise. It was a NFL operation, right? Locker rooms were open practice was open, everything was open, guys had to answer uh, all of the questions, guys had to come in and talk to the media, uh, do one-on-one interviews, all of that stuff, because the coaches before, the staffs before, the athletic directors before all said this, we're preparing them, not only for the next level, but for life, where... In your job, the spotlight is on you. You have to answer for what you do. In the NFL, you have to do interviews or else you're fined. There are rules about this stuff. And it was great. And we could tell great stories. We could see, we could could go out to practice and I could watch the first 20 minutes, which was mostly stretching, which didn't give me much. But at least, you know, you got a little feel for For how things were kind of going. And then they took you out while they did all the top secret stuff. And then they brought you back for like the last 10-15 minutes. And you could actually watch like 11-on-11 for a few minutes. And get a feel for how guys are doing in practice. And tell those stories. Hey, this defensive back is really coming on to Corey Couch. You know, he's really coming on. It looks like he's a different guy than he was, you know, last year. You could tell some of those stories. And you weren't seeing any top, anything top secret by that part, point in practice. They were just, you know, going through motions. But you had something. Did it impact the way they played? No, not that I remember. Matter of fact, they won five national championships doing it that way. You used to be able to go into the locker room after the game and go up to a kid at a locker and say, hey, you know, what happened on third and two and all of that stuff. Did it impact the way they played? Did it have any no no, they won a lot of games, had a 58 game win uh, home winning streak at home. Didn't impact anything. It's amazing how that happened. I don't I don't I don't I don't know how that happened. How is it possible that there was access to the program and yet it didn't impact how they played on the field. And then things got tighter. You know, Randy Shannon started shutting things down and then Al Golden started shutting more things down and Mark and Randy and Manny and here we are with you know uh Mario Cristobal the football dictator. And it I find it so stupid. So ridiculous. It's such like I know when you're inside the program and you're hyper focused on winning and losing like these little things look like they matter but they don't and can i bring up another thing like it was one thing over the last 20 years when you could say well they're just college kids and they're student athletes and you know it's not the same as the nfl and it's not the same as you know real life it's college well guess what they're all being paid now they're professionals I know we don't want to admit that, you know, but when we get guys making six figures plus to play college football, I think they can handle a few questions from a reporter. Oh no, we got to just do it on zoom and you get like, and you get like three minutes and then uh, that's what you got to do because uh, that's how I run my program because these aren't football players, they're like CIA case officers uh working on a, a mission in somewhere in South America. All right, maybe I've been watching too much Jack Ryan, but you understand what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. Maybe I'm becoming a little bit unhinged, but I've never seen anything like that. And here's my question to to you. I don't have an answer to this. Feel free to chime in on the comments or tweet at me at Miami Radio Beast or X at me, or whatever it's called now. But how are you supposed to go up to Chapel Hill next week and play a pretty, pretty good North Carolina team that schlacked Syracuse 40-7? to They're undefeated. They have a true Heisman candidate a true possible top draft pick on their roster at quarterback at Drake May. Now, he's not having the season he's had in the past. I mean, he's got eight touchdowns and four interceptions, but he's still really damn good. And they got a good defense and a bunch of great players. And stupid Mac Brown, who's been around the block 700 times. How are you going to go win that game on the road? If you're Mario Cristobal, and you walk into that locker room this morning, what are players thinking when you walk into that locker room? They know. They all know. You don't think the entire team by this point, understands they could have just taken a knee and won the game? They all know. And you walk into that locker room and you're going to be Mr. Dictator, you, you think they're looking at you like, ah, oh, coach, whatever you say, buddy. Whatever you say, we trust you, coach. Well We're going to run through a wall for you, coach. Except you just single handedly cost us a game. So think about the coaching job that Mario has this week. Because not only does he have to get his team prepared to play North Carolina, he's got to get them over that loss last night and also get them to trust him again. Would you? Would you? I mean I I don't know. I mean I guess, you know, you you play the game for your for for yourself, for your teammates, for your position coach, for your coordinator. It's not just about the head coach, right? I mean, those kids spend way more time with their position coaches and coordinators than they do with Mario, but still. The guy that's in charge just made one of the worst on-the-job decisions that has ever been made in any line of anything. That's where we are. But they... What else they... They got six days to get it ready and go play North Carolina on the road. And at this point, it's almost a must-win game because... If Miami does not beat North Carolina, now you're talking about things unraveling. Because as we've seen with this program in the past, one win can or one loss can turn into two losses, can turn into three losses, can turn into seven losses. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. It happens... That freaking fast! You got North Carolina, then you got Clemson coming into town, and Virginia, and NC State, at FSU, and Louisville team that beat Notre Dame, and at Boston You don't win against North Carolina, last well, two losses. Are you gonna beat Clemson? Well, it's at home, but you know you lost to Georgia Tech, so who knows? You should beat UVA. At NC State, not an easy game. At FSU, you're going to win that one? What are we up to? Three, maybe four losses? Against Louisville, a team that beat Notre Dame? Are we at five losses? Hopefully you win at BC. but That's where you're at. If you don't win on Saturday against North Carolina. That's where you're at. I could go for another seven hours, but I'll let you guys try to enjoy your Sunday. May you find something on this Sunday that brings you any kind of a smile to your face, any kind of joy, maybe just for a minute or two, you'll be able to forget what we witnessed last night because holy crap, it was the single worst coaching decision I've ever seen at any level of competition jeez alright keep it locked here subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts Amazon and Apple and Spotify Google stick with us follow us on all the socials and um, we will see you or talk to you on Friday as we get ready for Miami North Carolina Try to enjoy the rest of your Sunday because holy crap, it's Saturday night. Peace.